Thanks for joining us on the Crenshaw Christian Center New York podcast. And remember these words, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's jump into the lesson. I was at work last week. Went to work, taught the word last Sunday, went to work on Monday. Amen. And I had the occasion to walk into um, one of the offices at my job. I work at a law firm. Walked through one of the offices and I was talking to one of the, um, couple of the um, paralegals. Call them paralegals, they don't call them secretaries. No, they ain't secretaries. Paralegals. So I was just talking to them about something. I can't remember what I was talking to them about. And as I was leaving, I noticed they have a little, like a little kitchen area a little, where they keep and prepare their food. Small area. And there's nothing, there's all, the only thing that's in there is things that are relative to food. You know, coffee and utensils and things like that. And I noticed that there was a, there was a large box, which, like, wow, what's that box? Why, what's that big old box sitting there for? You know, so, you know, I'm getting ready to walk out. But I see this box. You know, you... <laughs> I, I lift the box up, open it up, and it's this big, well, part of a big cake, this big chocolate cake. <laughs> big cake. And, I'm, and I say to him, what's up with this big old cake? He said, oh, well, our, our, our boss's son, he's an attorney, our boss's son just graduated from law school, and this is part of the cake that was so big they could eat it. So they just brought some in in case they might want some. You know, it's cool. Big old cake. He had just graduated from law school. So I'm walking out the door, and, and then I, I, I begin to think about it. And the Holy Spirit said to me, talk, he, I heard the word advantage. Now you have to understand, I've been working on my this job for like 24 years. So this particular kid is like 26, 27, maybe. I've, I've watched this kid since he was like three or four years old. And now he's grown up, he's gone to school, he's gotten married. And it was a funny thing because he wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do with his life. And I knew his father was talking. He had a place here from Jersey, but he had a place in the city, you know, just trying to figure, find his way. So far, he decided to go to law school, and, and he went to law school, and he graduated. And I began to think that he went to college, he went to law school, he did all these things, and everything that he needed was already paid for. Amen. College was already paid for. Wasn't no student loan, wasn't no grants, wasn't no scholarship, nothing wrong with that take advantage of that. But these things were already in place for this particular child. And watch this, he got, I think, four other siblings. And everything that he ever needed, the need was already met before his feet hit the ground. When he came into the earth realm, everything was already paid for. Advantage. He had, has an advantage, and there's nothing wrong with that. You should have an advantage. You should want an advantage for yourself and your children and your children's children, because that's God's order. Amen? So I heard the word advantage. Amen? 
And when I looked up the definition of the word advantage, it is said a superiority of position or condition, a factor or circumstance of benefit to its possessor. Benefit, gain, especially benefit resulting from some course of action. We have a benefit, we have an advantage based on the course of action, which was the shedding of the blood of Jesus on the cross on our behalf. Amen? Amen. Amen. Something which produces a favorable impression or effect. So the question is, why do we have an advantage? And the answer is because of what we are, where we are, what we have, and what we can do in Jesus Christ. Turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry. Yeah, turn your book to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. And when you get there, say amen. You got 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when they talk about you were a new creation in Christ, that's talking about the spirit man. That's talking about who you are spiritually, not physically. Amen. Your old nature has given way to a new nature. Your old nature was a, was a sinful nature. For he made him who knew no sin, verse 21, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are the righteousness of God. You're not trying to become righteous. You've been, you've been justified. Amen. Amen. You don't have to run around the track trying to win. You run around the track because you already won. Amen. You, ain't in, you ain't going into this, the ring to see if you can become a champion. You're going into the ring because you already are the champion. Because he paid the price. He's given you an advantage. Amen? So it's a new creation spiritually. Everything with God is spiritual. John 6.63, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So because you are a spirit being reconnected back to God based on the new birth, guess what? God talks directly to you as if he's standing right there in your face. You can talk to him, he can talk to you. Because you've been made in the image and in the likeness of God, and he's given you dominion over all the works of his hand. Amen? Amen. John 1.12, turn there. Who are we? What are we? John 1. When you get there, look at verse 12. John 1, 12, it says, But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, it says, To them he gave the right to become the children of God for those who believe 
in his name. So I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord Savior, you are a child of God, and you are entitled to all the advantages that come as a result of your status in Christ Jesus. 1 John 3, go there. Just want to establish who we are in Christ Jesus, why we are entitled to these advantages. I said it last week. When I was a child, a friend of mine came over to my house. They couldn't just go into my refrigerator and get something out of there if they wanted. I could. I'm a child. It belongs to me. My mother and father went out there and worked every day for me to have access to what was there. Jesus did the exact same thing. First John 3, you got it? Look at verse 2. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Amen? And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen? Go to Galatians chapter 4. Establishing who we are in Christ. How it is that we come to a place where we have these advantages in Christ Jesus. Galatians 4, 6. Lay a little bit of a foundation. Galatians 4. Verse 6. It says, And because you were sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir, amen, of God through Christ. An heir is someone has, that has an inheritance. An heir is someone to whom something has been left. Amen? What has God left us? Everything in this world. Did you hear what I said? God has left to us everything in this world. Because you are a child, you are a son. Male son, female son. Don't get it twisted. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a daughter, I'm, a, I'm not a son, I'm a daughter. You a son. You was just as much of a son as Jesus was a son. Praise God. So don't get caught up in the old, the, the, well, you, well, how come he says son? Because when he talks about sons, he's talking about children. Everybody has the same status in Christ. They're not male or female in Christ Jesus. We are one in Christ. So if you are, if you are female by gender in the earth realm, you have the exact same status as a man or a male in this earth. Praise God. That stops all that, that, you know, that equality stuff. In Christ Jesus, we're all the same. Not only are we all the same, we're one in Christ Jesus. Amen. So praise God. We talk about advantages. Go back to chapter to the book of John now. Go back to John. And when you get to John, go to chapter 16. John 16. When you get there, say amen. amen. John 16, verse 7. Hey, you know, hey, hey, guess what, gang? See how I'm dressed today? Kind of casual, right? 
shirt kind of untucked, no tie on. Why? why? People say, I wonder why he's dressed like that. Here's why, here's why we do things like that. Because you never know how God is going to show up in your life. You're looking for him to look one way, he might show up somewhere totally different. You never, ever know. That's why you always have to be prepared for what might come your way. You don't know what he's going to look like. That was the problem with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were looking for somebody else. They were looking for somebody who had who made himself a bondservant. He would look like everybody else. They were looking for this big king come riding on some big white horse. And Jesus came just walking around the corner. You never know. He came strolling around the corner. Praise God. John 16, verse 7. Jesus speaking. You got it? Nevertheless, I tell you, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your what? It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That is your advantage. The spirit of God. Amen. Verse 8. And when he has come, it says he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged verse 12 I have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now here's the key verse 13 however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you in all truth, right? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will speak to you. He will speak your future to you. That's supernatural. That's your ability to know what's going to happen before it happens. It says he will tell you things to come. Amen? Praise God. Watch this. It says, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All, how many things? All, All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now let's go back real quick. Now go back to verse 8, right? Let's compare this thing. Let me show you your advantage. In verse 8, he says, when the Holy Spirit has come, he says he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Amen? But in verse 13, he says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Right? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he is, he will speak. Watch this. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify or magnify me. How are you going to magnify Jesus? By magnifying his word in your heart and in your mind. But it can't be magnified or glorified in your heart or in your mind if you don't put it in there. That's why you got to read your Bible. Every day. Every day? <laughs> every day. You got to pray every day. You got to pray in the spirit every day so that he can glorify Jesus and tell you things to come so that he can take of what is mine and declare it to you. And he says, well, what's yours? He says, all things are mine. 
everything that you see and everything that you don't see are mine. I run the show. I rule the earth and the heavens. I be the man. And because I live on the inside of you now, you be the man. You be the woman. Amen? Therefore I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now the thing is, watch this, when I go back to chapter 8 and it says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness of judgment, of sin because they don't believe in me. Right? Well, well, why not? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why don't they believe in you, Jesus? They don't believe in me, really. Why not? You got 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Why don't they believe in you, Jesus? Look at verse 14. It says, but the natural man, that's talking about unsaved. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Right? For they are what? Foolishness to him. Nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. It ain't for everybody. Well, you know, man wrote the Bible. The Bible was inspired. Man was inspired to write the Bible by God. You crazy. How could man write something that will go to your spirit except by the spirit of God? Amen. 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 This is God's word. The natural man can't receive this stuff. This is beyond him. This is beyond his scope. This is beyond his reason. Praise God. The Bible says this is foolishness to to the natural man. You ever try to talk to somebody about the things of God based on what you know? They look at you like, what? Really? And you say things to somebody. Like I said sometimes, I said, you know, like I said, for example, people got blown away when I said this. I said, you know, the Virgin Mary wasn't always a virgin. She was a virgin when it came to Jesus. That's right. She was impregnated. She was she she was she, she had Jesus by, by way of the Holy Spirit. But if you look at the Bible after Jesus, she had but he had brothers and sisters. How do you think they got here? It wasn't by a mouth of concession, it's because Mary and Job were taking care of business. It's real. It's real. You understand? But if you tell somebody like something and watch this. I opened the Bible and showed it to somebody in the Bible. I showed them the word in the Bible. And you know what they said to me? I still don't believe. That's right. They, they do it all the time. I showed it to them in the Bible. And they looked me right in my face and said, I see it in your word. But because I, the way I've been taught, the way I've been trained, I still don't believe that dead man was, 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 was always never a very, except for Jesus Christ. But if you don't know the word, this word is what? It's foolishness to you. But thank God. It ain't fools just to me. <laughs> like that song said, I know God is real. Don't know how he did it, but he made a way. And I'm standing here only because you made a way. Amen? Come on, Lord, let's teach this thing. Praise God. So it says that the natural man did not receive the things of God for their, for their foolishness. Let me show you, let me give you a little story. Go to John 3. To show you how much this is foolishness to the natural man. John chapter 3.
This is the story of Nicodemus. Y'all know the story of Nicodemus? I got a couple of the story of Nicodemus. John chapter 3. Y'all got it? Look at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. <laughs> this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now let's go back and look at this thing. Because a lot of times when you, when, you when you read these Bible stories, it's kind of condensed for you. But you have, to, you have to use your imagination sometimes when you read the Bible. So this thing can open up to you and it makes it, it makes it real to you. You have to learn how to make the Bible real to you. Amen. So when I, when I, when I open this thing up, I read, go back to verse 1, it says there was, a man, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, right? It says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute, hold, hold, let me, I thought about that for a second. It says, he came to Jesus by night and said, well, that doesn't really make sense to me, amen? Because Jesus was a busy man. You know, Jesus was working all day, right, healing the sick, Casting out demons, raising the dead, going all around. So if you come to him, if somebody came knocking your door at night, you don't go over so much. You you know, come on in, have a seat. You know, he might have been Jesus, might have been sitting around. You know, after a long day, you got a long day. Just took a shower, kicking, kick back, got the TV on, got some headphones on or something. You got a glass of wine, and somebody knocking your door. What's up, dude? And Jesus said, come on in. So the fact that he says he just came in he went, and he had the ability to just walk up on Jesus because many times if you wanted to see Jesus, you had to go through with the disciples to see Jesus could run up on Jesus. So he says he came to him by night and he said to them, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God. Well, how do you know that? You ain't saved. And I just read that natural man cannot receive the things of God for they are foolish to them. So how do you know that he's a man come from God? You ain't saved. Ain't nobody saved at that particular time because the only person that got the spirit on the inside of him is Jesus Christ. So everybody else is a natural man. And the Bible says that the natural man cannot receive the things of God for the fools him. So how can you know that he come from God? Explain that to me, please. Amen? God, open it up, right? It says, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Moses, surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? Niggas even said to him, how can one be born again? Now watch this. Jesus, he asked Jesus, he said to Jesus, we know you are a man come from God, for no one can do what you do. And Jesus said, God be born again. Walked away. But that's not what I asked you, Jesus. 
didn't ask you anything about being born again. Because that's when he gets a little sarcastic. Gets a little he said, well, can a man go back to his mother woman a second time? What are you trying to say? Jesus, I don't walk all the way over here, come to you at night, I slip away from you, and now you're talking about, because he didn't ask him that. He asked Jesus, Jesus, how is it that you can do what you do? He didn't ask him anything about being born again. So Jesus gives him an answer that's totally off of what he's asking. See, because the real, the real answer is in Luke 4. Go to Luke 4. And he'll answer the question in Luke 4 for you. Right? You got Luke 4? Look at verse 18. Then I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question again. Jesus, we know you are a man come from God. For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Here's the answer. Verse 18. The reason that I can do what I can do is because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of God. Those are works. The spirit of the Lord was on Jesus to do some stuff. Man, ask him nothing about being born again. How do you do what you do? He could do what he did because the Spirit of God was upon him. But you can't get to the Spirit of God unless you're first born again. Amen? So he takes him to the end and brings it back to the beginning. I can't, watch this. So, okay, so he goes a little further, right? And, and I'm back in John 3 again. You go back to John 3? I'll start with verse 5. Jesus answered Moses, I said to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound. Now, Jesus gets, Jesus getting cute. Jesus gets slayed on him now. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, look at this. He said, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Watch, what he, watch this. He didn't say to him, are you, you mean you, he didn't say you're a teacher of Israel. He said, you are the teacher of Israel. And then he said, you're supposed to be the man and you don't know this. Amen? He said, you, you, you have a teacher, and you don't know this, right? 11, Moses, surely I said to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? If you, don't, if you can't make tithes and offerings work in your life on the earth, how do you know heaven is real? If you can't manifest your healing here on the earth, how do you know heaven is real? You ain't never been there. You ain't never seen it. If you can manifest the promises of God on the earth, it gives you license that believe God more fully about the heavenly things. Amen? He gives you power 
on earth to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by your enemies hurts you. But if you know, if you don't know, if you don't know the things on earth, how you gonna know things? How you gonna get into spiritual? How you gonna get into the deep things of God if you can't get with the simple things of everyday life? Praise God. How you gonna believe for heaven if you can't stop a storm coming upon you in the earth? Jesus said, whoever shall say to the mountain what you've been saying. I see a storm coming across my presence. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Stand down in the name of Jesus. Did not Jesus rebuke the wind and the rain? As he is, so are we in the earth. So if he can rebuke the wind and the rain, why can't I? Why can't you? Stand down in the name of Jesus. Back up off me in the name of Jesus. I bind your power over my life in the name of Jesus. You have power. You have authority. Why? Because of who you are, where you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. God is good. Is he good or what? You got power. You need to start using your power by faith. Amen? You said if I bring that tithe and sow that seed, you said you will open up the windows up and pour me out opportunities. That I will not have room to receive. That's what the title is about, opportunity. It's an opportunity seed to, 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 to sharpen your gifts and your talents. You can see things that other people cannot see. Amen. I heard a person say it like this one time. He said, opportunity never knocks, but stands silently by waiting to be recognized. Normally goes unnoticed because initially it looks like an unfair advantage. That's why people don't take, care, take advantage of it. Because they're scared of what they got to give up to get something back. And God says that your life has been, your success was preordained from the foundation of the world. And you scared. And it's okay to be scared. But guess what? Don't let being afraid, don't let being in fear stop you from operating in the blessing and the promises of God. Do it anyway. Let it fail. Praise God. Because when you do those things, guess what? He's on the hook. God's on the hook. That's why he said, cast all your cares on me so I, because I care for you. When, when I do what you tell me to do, I'm off the hook. It ain't on me. You got it. It's on you. William, it's on God. And God says, I can handle far more than you can. I can carry away a whole lot more than you. Praise God. I ain't got to be like justify carrying some little man on his back. No, it's not like that. When you give it to me, I got it, I'll take care of it. All you got to do is believe. How do I believe? Mark 11, 24. What things have you said? When you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. When you pray. Not three weeks later. When you pray. That's the hallmark of faith. When you pray. Pray. So when you pray, thank God for that which you've received 
when you prayed for it three weeks ago. Father, I thank you for the increase that I prayed for three weeks ago. Believe I receive it now in Jesus' name. I hope that Jesus, I hope, I, I'm believing. I, I know that God's going to heal me. You just missed it. God ain't going to do nothing. God has already done whatever, everything he's going to do. It's already done. He sent his word and healed you. You either heal or you ain't. You either heal right now or you aren't healed right now. And where you stand, where you stand determines how that thing going to play out. I don't care how much pain you in. He said you heal. Do I, do I negate that pain? No, it's real. Yeah, it's real. But when that pain comes up, you say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I bind your power with my body. Back up off me and leave my presence now in the name of Jesus. See, faith is acting on what you believe. You have to act this thing out. You, you have to act like something is real even though it doesn't appear or feel real. You have to act it out. You have to walk like you somebody. You remember how you used to walk back in the day? Remember how you used to walk back in the day? Now, you, you laugh, but, but watch this. I watched guys walk like that for so, so long that eventually they turned into that thing. That became who they really were. It, wasn't, it, it started out as something they were imitating and mimicking, but they did it so much that after a while, that's just who they were. That's who they were. Because what would they do? They, were, they didn't understand, but they operate in the faith because they believed they were something that they weren't. And when they kept doing often enough, acting on it, they turned into it. Whether it was for good or for bad, I'm not judging it. But faith is acting on what you believe. Amen. First Corinthians verse chapter three. What do we have in Christ? Jesus said that all things are mine. The Holy Spirit will take it, declare it unto you. First Corinthians chapter three. Really? If all things are mine, Jesus speaking, let's see how that affects us. 1 Corinthians 3, you got it? Look at verse 21. Paul's, the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, Therefore let no one boast in men, for all things are whose? All things are yours. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And then he says here, therefore, let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death. It says all things or things present or things to come, all are yours and you are Christ. And Christ is God. Amen? I'm going to quote from Apostle Christ's book, The Power of Apostle Confession, pages 162 and 163. It says, what does, what does it mean Paul is yours? It says, Paul is yours because Paul did not receive the revelations that he received from God only for his personal benefit. It says, Paul received those revelations from God so that he might communicate them to the body of Christ. Then in the process of communicating them, Paul would also get the benefit and the privilege to use them in his own life. Right? 
Who does the world belong to? According to 1 Corinthians 3.22, it belongs to us. We have been lied to. We have been told we are just victims of circumstances. However, God tells us that the world belongs to us. What does that mean? Does that mean that you can go and indiscriminately grab a block of land or go into somebody's house, right, and say, this is mine, this, give me this, belongs to me. It doesn't mean that. It says it means that God has given us gifts and talents to get the wealth so that we can obtain those things that will enhance our lives because the world belongs to us. Amen. So when you go into that Louis Vuitton shop, <laughs> praise God, when you go into those exclusive, you go by those exclusive boutiques, man, that stuff belongs to you. If I'm reading, am I reading? Let me, let me help you one more time. Right? Right, just watch this. Whether, verse, verse, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. Didn't leave nothing out. All are yours because you are Christ and all things belong to me. Therefore, that's why the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine and declare it to you so you can take it, receive it, and activate it by your faith. That's your stuff. See, the, well, how is it my, it doesn't mean that the world can, can't have access to these things, but you're supposed to have the first crack at it. You're supposed to have the first crack at the Louis Vuitton. Because it does what? It glorifies God. When you say, look what God, look what God did for me. Look what the Lord did for me. See, when you give God the glory, look what, look what God, ain't God good? Man, I like that, but ain't that, ain't that good? God gave this man this bad. How did he do this? See, it's a, it becomes a ministry tool. Well, I, I, don't need, I, don't need all, I don't need all that. Really? I don't want all that. It ain't for you. It's for you to get the, the enjoyment of, but it really is for you to be able to minister to somebody else. See, when I first saw Apostle Price teaching that word, I loved the word, but there was something about him that resonated on the inside. It was on the way he looked. Set up there with them, with them tailor-made suits on. It was something about the way he flowed, the way he was dressed, the way he appeared. There was something about him that resonated on the inside of me. See? And, and see, because sometimes more is, is taught than is taught. Sometimes it's what you see. I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered the heart of man the things that God has for those who love. What things? All things. But God has revealed them to us by who? His spirit. Amen? He has revealed those things by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's word in your heart and in your life. And if you ain't got the Holy Spirit, he ain't, to use my best English, he ain't revealing nothing. Because it's not for the world. It's for you. The children of the most high God. So you better step up to the plate and take what's rightfully yours by faith. Because Satan, the God of this world, ain't giving up jack. Nothing. Amen? But by faith, we take it. 
The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You need to take some stuff. You need to take you a husband. Take a husband. You believe in one, take him. Father, I believe I receive the man of God in my life in Jesus' name. Father, I think I believe a man of God coming to my life, Father, that has, who loves you more than he loves me and is willing to do everything that's right and pleasing yourself on my behalf to glorify you in the earth realm. Pay all my bills in Jesus' name. I said something last week. What did I say last week, Diane? <laughs> oh, I know what I said. Remember, remember what I said last week that a woman wasn't supposed to like, pay for her stuff? Yeah. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Let, me give, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little clarity on that. That's the end goal. That's the ideal. It doesn't mean because, well, 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 I heard L. Nay say, I ain't supposed to pay for that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I ain't say that. That's where you going. That's where you heading. That's the goal. And at some point in time, you get in, into agreement with that thing, that thing will manifest, but it doesn't mean that I'll keep all mine. You, you know, you know. <laughs> You hooked me up. No, it doesn't quite mean that. Remember, I said that last. I just want to put some. You got to clear these things up because people people take what you say and they take it to be true. But you have to really clear these things up. But eventually, that should be the that should be the goal. Amen. See God. See the Bible says that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So if I hook you up, still, praise God. That means that God hooked me up. Because the head of the wife is the husband, the head of the, the, the man is Christ, and the head of Christ is God. There's an order. There's a hierarchy. Amen? So if I'm hooking you up, he's hooking me up. It's a, watch this. It's a law. If I take care of this one, he takes care of me. He has to because he can't deny God's word. He can't deny God's law. It's a supernatural law. If I take care of my wife, he's going to take care of me. And I make it to man, Father, because I took care of my wife, the way you wanted to take care of me, I demand you take care of me the way you want me taken care of. And he must come through. He got to show up. He's God. He cannot lie. Doesn't mean he don't know how to, but he can't because he can't deny himself. Because if God, he says, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. He can't lie, which means the only thing he can do is tell the truth. And when you speak the word of God, you speak the truth. And the truth will set you, will make you free. If you continue, John 8, 31, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Anybody free in this house? You free because you know the truth of God's word. The word of God is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. Man, do you know who you are? Huh? Do you realize what you have, what you possess? The Bible says that all things are mine, whether Paul or powers, seeds of the world. Watch this, or life or death. He even says that life and death belongs to you. You ain't going to die like the world dies. You won't even know it. You already died in Christ. You already died. You're on the other side of death. 
Amen? Amen. See, what, see, for us, see the world, they had that fear. Ain't none of us to fear. It's like when you get on the elevator, you know, on the first floor. Amen? And like you standing with your friend. And like you talking to your friend, yeah. So, so what you do? Like, yeah, girl, and I'm with the so and so, and I did, and I watched so and so. And then, the, and the thing said, "Bing," and you look out, and there's a whole new world there. That's what it's like for us. You don't even know you, 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 you don't even know you got it. You, you know, it's like you just wake up and you, you what, what happened? You don't feel nothing, nothing to experience, because Jesus took the sting of death away from you. That's why he says all things are yours. You have death, and you control it. Live as long as you want to. So I'm like, with long life, he satisfies me. Release your faith. Lord, I believe I receive a long, satisfying life. If you ain't satisfied with your life, keep living. How do I keep living? I keep speaking the word. Because the spirit, the word of God is life. Proverbs 420. Attend to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And may love the Lord your God. Obey his voice and cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your day. Keep living, family. Keep living, family. Don't give it up. Keep pushing. For we walk by faith, not by sight. I'm out of time. Our hope is that you received something that you could apply to your life and strengthen your faith. At Crenshaw Christian Center, New York, we believe that the Word of God is practical for everyday application. Feel free to stay in touch with us via social media, or you can give us a call at 212-749-9323. If you're in the New York area, you're welcome to join us at one of our services. Our Sunday morning service is at the New Yorker Hotel at 945 a.m. That's on 34th Street and 8th Avenue in New York City. Or join us for Bible study on Thursday evenings at our fellowship office, 470 7th Avenue on the 6th floor, right in Herald Square. Thanks again for listening, and remember, walk by faith, not by sight.